Welcome to episode 15 of the MFFL podcast. I'm your host, Frankie Lippel, alongside my co-host, Mitch Farnsworth. And today, we're going to be talking about the NFL preview show, along with the College Football National Championship uh, game coming up this next week. Um, but we've been gone for a while, a few months. Yeah, but... we have. Are you kidding me? We've been gone for a while, right? <laughs> Frankie, I'll tell you what. They probably don't even know who we are anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're starting off school and work. Both hampered us down for a while, but... We made a commitment to start back up this new year, and we're already the second day of the year, we're starting it up. But today, like I said earlier, the NFL preview show. Um, Mitch, you want to talk about the matchups this week coming up, upcoming weekend? Yeah, it's been an interesting NFL season. Uh, great, you know, matchups that we're going to see this weekend. First off, Saturday we get Colts traveling to Houston. Uh, at 4:35, that'll be on ESPN, and then the nightcap will be the Seahawks against the Cowboys. Dallas State 15 on Fox. Then we'll flip on to the Sunday. It'll be the Chargers going to uh, traveling to Baltimore at 105 on CBS. And then the Eagles will face the Chicago Bears at 4:40 on NBC as the nightcap. All right, let's just jump into it, Mitch. Uh, Colts, uh, Texans. Texans are minus one. How do you see the game playing out? Uh, both two teams. Started off the season pretty awful that I thought, you know, 0-3 start for the Texans. The Colts are, uh, uh, started 1-5. So it, both two teams, you know, worked their way back. The Colts are now finished 10-1 and after starting like 1-5, like I said. First team to do that in the NFL. Um, Andrew Luck has looked good. Uh, he's going to be one of the leading candidates for comeback player of the year. 39 touchdowns, 15 picks. Uh, he's thrown. He's pretty well known about the Texans. They've already played twice. He threw for eight, uh, combined the two games, 863 yards, six touchdowns already this year. Um, Colts defense is top ten. Also, uh, you know it's going to be an interesting matchup between those two defenses. How do you kind of see it going um, your way? What, what do you think? Yeah, I really think it'll it'll come down to who scores more. Uh, we both know about the defenses, like you mentioned, but I'm really intrigued about this quarterback matchup with Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck. They're both proven. I know Watson got – they were both hurt last year, and they both bounced back well this year. So I'm really looking at the quarterback play, who steps up more. Uh, the Texans are the home team, so they're going to have that crowd, but we know in past playoff situations they, they haven't stepped up. But I think with Watson being there now – I think, uh, I think I do believe the Texans will win the game, twenty-eight to seventeen. How do you see it? I, I thought that the talent of the Texans is going to sh- really show with Hopkins and uh, Watson is going to. You know, we've seen what he can do with his feet. That's a game changer. The Colts defense, I think, will be more prepared for him on the run since they are in the same division already, and they've already seen him twice. But I think Houston makes a late play over Indy, and I think the final is 27-20, and they'll be playing next week against the Patriots. For the, uh, so the Houston Texans going through. Yeah, I think this is one of the more intriguing matchups of this weekend because both teams, like you said, started off slow, and they're both hitting their foot. So I think this could be one of the most interesting matchups uh, of this weekend. Both teams, I, I want to call them even, uh, they're both good. I just think Watson makes a few more plays than Luck. But it, I definitely, this is the game I wouldn't be shocked if it was 28-17 the other way, Colts. Uh, yeah, this is going to be interesting because in the season, in the two matchups they had prior, the road team has won. 
So yeah, kind of got to keep that in mind also. So uh, that, that's a little tad of information I'd like to throw in. Like so mostly, and the Texans have played well on the road, so it's it's going to be interesting to see. Right, right. Uh, the next matchup we have is Seattle versus Dallas. Uh, Dallas is minus one. How do you see that game playing out? All right, Dallas six score uh, six in scoring defense. Uh, Prescott not an impressive season. Like ninety six point nine quarterback rating, twenty two touchdowns and eight picks. Uh, Elliott, I think, is probably going to be their biggest player though for them since um, mm-hmm. yeah, he's started off the season not well. Half the season he's already. Um, Half the season, he was eight of the sixteen games. He didn't rush over a hundred yards. Uh, and they've already faced each other earlier this year, Dallas and Seattle, uh, in Week Four. In Seattle, um, it was a Seattle victory, correct? Yeah, twenty-four thirteen. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like Seattle on the road too. Um, so what what do you think? Well, looking at these two teams. Yeah, I definitely see uh, Seattle coming out on top. Number one in all of NFL rushing with 160 yards a game. Uh, I, I think the moment will be too big for the, the Cowboys. Like Stephen A. Smith always says, they always find a way to choke. And I just think Seattle is a better team. I like Russell Wilson a lot more than Dak Prescott in this game. And I see Seattle coming out on top 21-13 to 13 on the road. Uh, what I see is that... Um... I, I, I like Seattle because Russell Wilson's having his best season of his career so far, I, I think. He's at 110.9 passing rating, 35 touchdowns, and he's only thrown six or seven picks, I'm sorry. So I, I feel like he's, he's been uh, holding on to the ball better. You know, he's still got his feet like he's been known for, running and getting out of the pocket, rolling to the right and finding a receiver or knowing when to run. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best at knowing that. Uh, defense, I think, is going to be worrisome for the Seattle uh, versus the run. They're giving up five yards per rush. I still like Seattle though, in this game. Uh, it'll be Russell Wilson. It'll show uh, you know why he's going to come in second, I think, in the MVP race today. Uh, I know it's going to go to Patty Mahomes, but we'll talk about that a little later with an impressive season. But I think Russell Wilson wins this game 34-20, to 20, and Seattle moves on. Yeah, I do th- find this interesting. The Cowboys are fifth in rush defense, and Seattle, that's their strength, is, is running the ball. So it's definitely a, a tale of matchups to see which one comes out on top. But moving on, we have the, the Chargers on the road against uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens are the home team, and they're favored by two and a half. So how do you see this game going out? This is going to be good because only two weeks ago these teams are, have already played. But that game was in Los Angeles. Um, and I want to kind of go back to week 16 when we saw Baltimore won that game 22-10. to 10, But I, that the score doesn't look like it looks like that the Chargers, you know, just kind of fell apart and, you know, didn't score. It was 16-10 to 10 with 254 left in that game. And Antonio Gates fumble was returned for a touchdown that kind of gave – the uh, Baltimore that 22 the two point of course was not good but they really shut them down Melvin Gordon was shut down Tw- 12 carries for only 41 yards and a touchdown um, the good feeling that you have with the Chargers is the Chargers are 7-1 and one on the road um, Rivers was held though against that number one defense of the Ravens of course for only 198 total yards and two picks and was sacked four times 
Uh, for, on the Ravens side of the ball, they got the number one defense in the NFL. They overwhelmed the L.A. On, uh, offensive line, excuse me. And I expect to see a lot of ton of run-pass option like we have, you know, the previous weeks with Lamar Jackson. But I feel like we're not giving enough credit to the running back there, a guy named Gus Edwards. Um, he reminds me a little bit of a Jamal Lewis, who also played for the Ravens. Short guys, but they're stocky. Uh, Lewis, of course, was uh, 5'11", 245. Um, Gus Edwards is 6'1", 238. So I, I kind of, that's that's a big point to look at, as that Lamar Jackson's, of course, can run the ball, and he can pass the ball at the same time, but what, what makes that run-pass option work is a running back that can do it, and Gus Edwards is perfect in the run-pass option. Yeah, I see this game going on a little different. I I think we're going to throw stats out, out out the window for this one. I see the Chargers winning 38-24. I think you'll find a way. I think Phillip Rivers is going to get on a roll against his number one defense. Like you said, they played only a few weeks ago, so they have plenty of tape. Uh, on, de- on the defensive side, no, they know how to shut down uh, Lamar Jackson because the Chargers also are, have the number ninth defense in the NFL. So they're no, they're no shrug. So I, I think the, the Chargers are going to pull out. I, I don't think Jackson, even though they're going to be the home team, I don't think he can make enough plays. I just I think they're a year away with him throwing the ball. I know uh, week 17 they destroyed the Browns on the run game. Uh, but I think the Chargers have a, too many more plays in their hand. I think the better quarterback wins on the road. So I, I'll take the Chargers and Phillip Rivers 38-24. to So what was your final score? I'm going to go against you on this one. This is the one we haven't agreed on. I'm going to go with the Ravens. I think that home, the home crowd helps them a lot. Uh, I think the defense gets to Rivers early and often. Rivers gets frustrated. Obviously, we've known for Rivers being frustrated on the field, and he shows it on the field. I don't think he can get to his receivers. I think Melvin Gordon is more of a factor in this game, but uh, I think that causes them to be more one-dimensional and only run the ball. I think the Ravens get a late defensive touchdown that kills the whole game. I think Ravens win 28-13. Wow, interesting. And, and the final game this upcoming weekend will be the Philadelphia Eagles at the Chicago Bears. The Bears are favored by 5.5. So how do you see this last game point on, Mitch? Uh, so we're going with, I'll start with the Bears. Bears are favored by almost a touchdown. So this, this is a, supposed to be almost a uh, you know whole well, not, we don't want to say a blowout, but, you know, one-sided to the Bears. You know, Bears won the mm-hmm. NFC North first time in eight years, right? Yeah, something like that. A few years now. They're coming in for winners to four in a row. The deal is impressive, even with Khalil Mack, of course, leading that defense. They The Ds allow a lot of fewest points in all of football with 17.7 and ranks third in sacks, or third in total defense with 50 sacks and 27 picks. Um. Khalil Mack, of course, I said the leader of that defense has 12 and a half sacks. I like Kyle Fuller as the corner. He has he's tied for the most interceptions in the NFL. Total lockdown corner. Mitch Trubisky is a reasonable quarterback. He's thrown 24 touchdowns in only 14 games. I, I, I'm really interested to see their offense because that's the 11th ranked offense in the NFL. Uh, the Bears get 121.1 rushes per game. I like Terry Tariq Cohen, and I like the uh, like. It's kind of a two-headed monster with uh, Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. Going to the other side, the Eagles. 
Nick Foles is back, of course. They've won three straight. Uh, I think they're averaging 28 points per game in those three games. Uh, so they're 3-0 coming in. Eagles also has to, uh, definitely stepped that the, the Eagles defense has definitely showed up, stepped up, uh, only allowing two passing touchdowns in the last three games, led by Fletcher Cox, who has 10.5 sacks, Michael Bennett, who has nine sacks, and Chris Long has 6.5. And, and they only give up 96.9 rushing yards, which is seventh in the NFL in uh, defense, in total, or rushing defense. So it's going to be interesting. I just see that Bears rushing a game versus the Eagles defensive line, which will be the big. So what do you think is your key to success for each team? You know, I look at Philadelphia, and I know you mentioned the rush defense as of late, but 14th in offense, 23 in total defense. They just look like an average team, but they, they're hot. We know what Nick Foles did last year, and I'm pulling a stunner. 21, 24-21, Philadelphia wins on the road in overtime. How do you see this? What's your final score here? I, like I said, I'm going to go with the Bears' offense, though. That I'm not really worried about that Bears' defense at all. I know what they see, I, what they look like, and I know that they're going to look great on on Sunday, I believe. So, I think with the rush game of the Chicago Bears, with using Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard, they use a lot of misdirection on that offensive line. Um, I, I think Jordan Howard's speed and the power is the biggest part of the game. And, and if that doesn't work, they can go, you know, throw Tariq Cohen into the slot and they can gain yards that way. But I think the Bears win 34-17 to 17 over the Philadelphia Eagles. And then uh, now let's discuss here, Mitch. We had some predictions earlier in the year. We had some not-so-good predictions. Um, we did? Yeah, we did. <laughs> to um, begin the year... All my predictions are pretty good, though. Yeah, but the Super Bowl predictions here. My uh-huh. my Super Bowl prediction to begin the year was the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Green Bay Packers, and I had the Green Bay Packers winning the Super Bowl. And that obviously flopped. Mike McCarthy got fired, and Aaron Rodgers was playing pretty much not 100% all year long. Uh, Mitch, what was your Super Bowl prediction to begin the year? I- I'm not sure. I don't remember it. Well, let me help you, Mitch. Uh, don't, you don't need to help me. I don't think anybody wants to hear what I, what I thought. Uh, Mitch had the Atlanta Falcons beating the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, in the Super Bowl this past year. Uh, Mitch, what the hell happened with that prediction? Well, you know, I, I thought that those table teams were playoff teams last year, of course. I thought they were going to have a bounce-back season. I thought Atlanta had a, you know, a full offensive unit together that they could actually compete you know in the playoffs they had matt ryan who took a step back of course uh julio jones still played like julio jones Mm -hmm. i thought calvin ridley calvin ridley was amazing this year um yeah i I thought they were gonna get the you know the train rolling but um that doesn't look like it really got out of the station yeah i i'm i'm kind of with you here I had the the Chargers, obviously, which I, w- I was high on. Uh, I picked the Chargers. Yeah, da, da, da. <laughs> yeah I know. Uh-huh. Great. All right, all right. Enough hating now. Uh, and then he touched, on the, he touched on the Falcons, but the Jags, obviously, they still had a great defense. They just, oh, man, Blake Bortles took a huge step back, and it got Blake so Bortles bad. to UCF. This is UCF's fault. I'm glad they lost. Yeah, it got so bad they had to start. Cleveland legend Cody Kessler, who has never registered a win as a starter. 
That's how bad the offense got for Jacksonville. So obviously they they looked to shelter themselves as as a year ago as they were a game away from the Super Bowl. But I'm going to touch on the the Packers again. I mean, I was counting on Aaron Rodgers. He's only got one Super Bowl win, obviously. But I don't know what happened with the Packers this year. Their defense was average in, in their offense. Their wide receivers, all young. And it just got to a point where he got hurt, and they just could not close out a game. Um, but obviously, those were predictions from the beginning of the year. Obviously, we're going to be trying to be better. I got one team alive in the playoffs. For, for the Super Bowl pick, Mitch is 0 for 2. Ha, I beat you. Mitch, you have any closing thoughts on your predictions? I picked 6 out of the 12, all right? I picked 6 out of the 12 playoff teams, all right? I was 50%. So you got an F. <laughs> Whatever. All right, that, that'll be conclude the NFL talk. Uh, now we go to the college football scene here. Yawn, of course, we all know the three out of the past four years, Alabama, Clemson play each other for the championship. How do you see this one going out, Mitch? Man, it's going to be a fun game to watch. I, of course, no one really wants to see the same four team, or same two teams you know, over and over again for five straight years, four straight years that it's been. Um, I, I like the... Uh, I think it's going to be, of course, Clemson's defense going against Alabama's offense is going to be the matchup of the game to watch. Tua going against that Clemson defensive line that you could throw anybody out there and they'll still try to get to the quarterback. Anybody on Clemson's bench, and they almost can get to the quarterback. And we all saw it in the Notre Dame game, of course. So it was a four-team playoff, and it kind of I don't think they got the right with Notre Dame. Of course, they were undefeated. But it looked like Notre Dame was all three stars against Clemson's all five stars. It it looked it looked like first team versus second team. Clemson was much better in any way in every way. I mean, over Notre Dame, offensive, defensively, even special teams, they were outclassed. Like it, it was amazing how different you could, a difference you can see in that Clemson team and towards a Notre Dame team. And it showed in that mm-hmm. game why, why why it was 30-3. Yeah, like I touched on earlier, this is the third out of the last four years they've been playing. Uh, this will be the, for the championship game, but they've played each other four consecutive years. Uh, in 2016, Alabama played Clemson for the college football championship, and Alabama won that game 45-40. to in 2017, they matched up again for the championship game, and Clemson won that one with Deshaun Watson, 35-31. Uh, and then last year, they played for the semifinal. Alabama won that one, 24-6, and now they're back again. And I see a lot of points uh, in this game. I, I think, like the previous years have told, the defenses get tired late late in the game, and, and they run out of juice. So I see Clemson winning an absolute thriller, 48 Alabama, 47. What is your prediction for this game, Mitch? I don't think it's going to be that high. I, I think it's going to be in like a 30, like, it's going to be like a 34 to 23 kind of game. It's Everybody's going to expect a lot of points, but it's going to be like in the 20 and 30s for each team. So I, I don't really see the 40s or 50s like people are predicting, but I'm going to take Alabama again. Uh, Tua looks amazing. He looked amazing against Oklahoma. Obviously, we could say that Oklahoma's defense is 
in nowhere compared to Clemson. So it's going to be a challenge for him. I think he accepts it against that Clemson def- uh, defensive line. They've got all those three bit uh, three big defensive linemen. One sitting out because of suspension, of course. But I, I think I got to go with Alabama again. See the thing I look at. Clemson's got the number three offense going up against Alabama's 12th-ranked defense, and then you got Alabama with the 4th-ranked offense going up against Clemson's number 9 defense. And I just think it'll come down to quarterback play. You said Tua, and then you got on Clemson's side, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I, I think this is going to be one for the ages, and hopefully after this year we get some new faces in there, hopefully Ohio State. Um, but, I mean, if the games are thrilling, I know the ticket prices have been plummeting, for this game. I think people are getting tired of it, but I mean, the games have all been good. Last year's championship game was amazing. Alabama, Georgia. So the the, game, the games have been good. I know this past weekend, all the games have been pretty much blowouts on one-sided, but I mean, that's what you get with the playoff, because if it was a BCS system, it would just be Alabama-Clemson right off the rip. But I know you were going to touch on Mitch. I think you said you like the 18 playoffs. Why? Why so? I like the 18 playoffs because it'd be uh, – everybody talks about, you know, the level of uh, talent on each team. But anybody can beat anybody on any given day, of course. We can all think of that in sports, and someone can have an off day, and then it changes. I think the only fair way to do this is that there's going to be eight teams. One versus eight, of course, two versus seven, so on, three versus six, and then four versus five. It's still it's smart to have it, it. It takes the essence away from winning, of course, because there's more teams. But I, this is where I think we equal it out: is that in the first round, the higher seed should get the home game. I, I think it should be a home game in that first round, and then in the second round, in the championship, there'll be neutral site, of course, like we have now. But the opportunity that you give for the eight teams, I believe, it should be the Power Five Conference champions. And then three at large. I think that's the best way that we can do this game, or do this system, with it being a clear winner. Of course, we're adding, you know, another game to the season for these kids, and I understand that. It, it, I, I feel like that would take away from also kids sitting out games, because you saw it in the Michigan versus Florida game. You saw it in the West Virginia game. You saw it in all these other games that the players were sitting out. I think if you give more opportunities to get see these talented players play at you know higher levels, they get one more game to you know show that they uh, you know belong in the NFL or they have the opportunity to get drafted, and you know it kind of gives them a chance to you know play for a national championship, and then you know fans get to see them. Players, or I mean not players, I mean you know other teams in the NFL get to have the ability to look at them and see them in you know the highest stage of college football. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I sort of like six a little bit more, but I, I do like eight. I know this past weekend, just the, the other day, Texas destroyed Georgia, and the whole talk was Georgia should have been in the playoff. And, what, Texas was ranked 13th or 14th, and they just beat the number four team in the country. Like you said, anybody can beat anyone on every any given night. But the only problem I have with eight would be like a team like UCF. If they go undefeated, they they should get in. But I mean, they just lost to a three loss LSU team, and they would get obliterated if they were uh, in the playoff, in my opinion. And I think this puts a little emphasis on 
uh, Notre Dame's because they're not technically in a conference. So would you have them, if they rolled the table, would you have them automatically be like sitting out number five since they didn't win the conference, like you said? They'd be at large, yes. They'd be at five. So yeah, I mean, that's where it kind of gets a little tricky for me. I mean, if Notre Dame, obviously they, they shit the bed this year, but if they have a really stacked team and they go undefeated and there's a one or two loss conference champion, what's to say that why can't Notre Dame be in front of them? You know what I'm saying? I understand that totally, but but you know, like we're saying, we're putting emphasis on conference champions. I, I'm I would say the top five should be winners of the conference. You mean top four? Or, uh, well, I'm saying the power five. The yeah, power five, yeah. Five will be the power five teams, so it would be the top five spots. Yeah. Of course, one of them is going to have to play an away game because the top four seeds would have home games the first round so you gotta then you can have a fight over a discussion over four and five and seeing who deserves to be in you know the uh the host because it could determine on conference then you're putting a lot more emphasis on the power of the conference and how good the conference actually is you know you're looking at it like the big 10 didn't make it for the second straight year straight right yeah but we didn't look at the whole conference you know the West is terrible in the Big Ten, of course. Well, except maybe Wisconsin, but that's they even looked worse. And we had Northwestern win the West, who lost to Akron. Yeah. So we got to look at that in the Big Ten, but you're still looking at that the East in the bit of the Big Ten. You got still Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, Michigan, who all are played in late January or late December, early January. Then you can look at the SEC. You know, they, you know, had Georgia who lost to Texas. They had uh, Texas, of course, from the Big 12 played in late. But I think that you can take more of, well, this conference is better than this conference, and then the top four then can be hosting the game. So I think you can make a discussion between four and five of who should be the home team, depending on the conference. Yeah, I get that, but I don't think it's sort of fair to like let's say Ohio State or Michigan they go undefeated and win the conference how, how is it their fault that Maryland or Rutgers sucks so why should they be punished just because other teams they beat aren't as good as them you know what I'm saying that was like I don't get punishing that the top teams who won the conference uh so they should be seated lower like if I, I'm not saying that if you're undefeated of course you're going to be like one or two or three you know, I'm saying that you're putting so much on the conference then, you know. That's probably why the Big Ten hasn't made it, you know. It's just the bottom of the conference is awful. But does that make the SEC? Who's in the middle of the SEC that's actually really good? Oof. Auburn, maybe. I mean, not really. Auburn, yeah. They beat up on Purdue, which was, you know, a bit of the pack also. Yeah. That's going to show the SEC is better than the Big Ten. I mean, see, I don't see it that way, though. I disagree. I mean, what, I, what's after Auburn? What's after Auburn in the Big Ten or in the SEC? Tennessee. Um, I'm I'm not sure. It, yeah, exactly. And I think Tennessee went what six in, or no, they didn't even make a bowl. I think. Yeah. So, I, I you could look at that Big Ten. You know, you got the of course the bottom. Maryland didn't make a bowl. Illinois is been awful, you know, back-to-back years. But I think if you want to put so much interest in the conference and looking at the conference, that it would be eight. 
and the up and down quality of work is what they want to look at in the schedule, then you can look at, you know, four and five and determine which conference was better, you know, top to bottom. And then five, because look, the Big Ten, Ohio State could run the Big Ten 13 and 0, and they should be in the top, one of the top three teams, you know, in seeding. But at four, let's say an SDC team won the national, or the won the title, and it's like Auburn, who's nine and three, right? Where yeah. they somehow beat Alabama and everything like that. They go to the SEC, and they get thrown into the championship game. But then you could say, well, you're nine and three. You didn't run your conference. Well, you beat Alabama, of course, but you lost three team games in the middle of your season. Why should you deserve a home game? Then you can throw them to a five. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I mean, I agree to disagree. I mean, like, let's say this system was in place and Northwestern upsetted Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. I think we would all agree that Northwestern would get destroyed by anybody. They just got lucky on one night. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yes, they made it to the championship game, but they are in the weaker side of the Big Ten and they got lucky one night. Does that make them one of the top eight teams, like you're saying? No, they had... We just talked about like anybody can beat anybody on any you know. Night. I mean, I get that, but it's more it's more than just that. Like Purdue beat Ohio State this year. That was Ohio State's one bad loss. But does that mean if they played ten more times that they that would be the outcome? No. I mean, so if we're holding them to a standard that if you lose one game, you can't even make the playoff. I think expanding it to eight is a little too much. I like six a little bit more with with one and two getting buys. That would put a lot of emphasis on going undefeated and if you do have like a Purdue like loss like Ohio State and you finish five or six you can still you can still make the playoff um that's just my opinion on it do you disagree with six teams or you're just adamant on eight teams I would be okay with six teams it's just that you're adding two teams and then one team would have an advantage because then they would have to play another game before them and they would get a bye so it would be like the NFL, of course, but they would still – you you put an emphasis on winning, so I can agree with that. But what would be the difference between four and six is that, what, they get a bye and then, you know, they would have to play the next week? Well, that just put – for me, it just puts an emphasis on going undefeated, you know what I'm saying, and winning your conference. Like Alabama and Clemson would get a bye in Oklahoma – or uh, not Oklahoma – Notre Dame finished three, so they would play six, and then four versus five would play. You know what I'm saying? That's just my opinion on it. And then the winners of those two games go on to play Alabama and Clemson. But then we're opening the opportunity. Like you can say this for eight also, is that what if these teams are not undefeated? There's no undefeateds in college football. Like we've seen it in multiple years, UCF, in Alabama go undefeated and everything like that. But we're looking at it like is that we're not making a difference between eight and six is that we're giving an opportunity to two other teams compared to, you know, we're adding two teams rather than four. I mean, I, so, I, I get that, but I think you're only saying that because Michigan's never made a playoff and you can get the eight seed. Is that is that what you're getting at here? Did I guess that right? Or I'm not saying that. I don't even – I just want eight of the best teams because – I, you could, you know what? I I could even take away that uh, if they're not, you know, conference champions, I could take away, you know, those top five should not be conference champions, 
if they want to do the best, I think the best eight teams in all of football. You know, if they have in the schedule and they have uh, all the stats, they back them up. And they are one of the top eight teams in the nation, and they should be playing for a national title. Yeah, I could see that, but if it went to eight teams, I would want the committee and the computers back. I I don't I wouldn't trust just the people getting it right because you know, they're all ads in that room that half the room would have to get pulled out doing this voting so i think if you brought back eight you should bring back the computers uh what would you think about that i feel like a lot of that room is designated and they are way too high on their conference like they're they think that their conference like all the ads and stuff think their conference is better and they'll vote for you know yeah I think they're just biased is what the problem is. They don't, they can't take away from like their conference because they think, you know, since I'm an AD, you know, Brad Clemson or an AD at, you know, Ohio Wisconsin, State, yeah. Yeah, it's, you're going to think, oh, well, you know, I go, I'm an AD at Ohio State. What takes me away? Because I've seen them firsthand playing the Big Ten. What makes, you know, the, uh, uh, what makes it the SEC? Because I've seen it for a the Big Ten is way better. But, you know, the SEC person you know, from, like, Missouri that's an AD, so it's like, well, the SEC is way better, and they're going to vote for them. So yeah. then you'll have a lot of – I think you just have too much bias in the, the uh, playoff committee right now. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Because um, we see, like, in the – like, Ohio State got blown out by Clemson, and then it was either the year after – uh, or the year before Michigan State got blown up by Alabama. And then since that, the Big Ten team hasn't made the playoff except the one year Ohio State made it. Um, but, like, I- I'm iffy on eight or six. I just think it, we needed some sort of an expansion. Uh, if- I agree I agree 100% with that. I, we need an expansion because you've seen in the last two years that they, the semifinals have been blowouts most, like, most of them. Yeah, I think that's the result of getting the four teams, though, because besides the exception of Ohio State beating Alabama the first year, I don't think there's... Actually, no, I take that back. Clemson was a one seed last year, and Alabama beat them, so there has been more than one four-and-one upsets. But I th- I do like four teams. I'm happy we got out of out of the BCS, but I think they're, 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 we need more teams. That's all I'm saying. I think six or eight. I'd like six, but I could get talked into eight. Um, but do you have anything final on this uh, topic, Mitch? I'm just I'm, like we said earlier. I think extend like expansion was. I, I felt like from the first time we talked about a playoff that it's going to get expanded. Like you know when they talked about it in 2013, 2014 about bringing this thing in, it's that four was never going to be enough for anybody because I, I knew it was going to go not well. You know, because everybody is going to want to think that their team, you know, is better. You know, we've had good teams sitting out. Like, Georgia thought they should have been in. Ohio State looked like they should have been in compared to Notre Dame. I always thought expansion was necessary. Yeah, um, it was what, Baylor and TCU? You the know, first year, yeah. They don't have a Big Ten championship game. They've added that. And they still, you know, only had Oklahoma. And that back-to-back years they've been knocked out for the sec of course yeah when that taking out the big 10 champion though right so you're dropping one conference for another i think you just need i'd be okay with six or eight i just want expansion because i think we've let out teams 
you know, at five, six, seven, or eight, the opportunity to go again against these top teams, just the opportunity, you know, to beat them. So I just think expansion was necessary from the very start. Yeah, my final thoughts on this, I think if you go to six rather than eight, you still have a, a higher emphasis on the regular season. Uh, if you go to eight, you'll probably have a, a not a lot, but maybe a, one or two of the teams will have two losses. And if they're like real blowouts, I mean, I mean, do they really have a deserve a shot to play for a championship? Where if you are at six teams, I mean, I, like Georgia this year, I guess they lost to LSU and Alabama, so they would be one of the teams in if that happened. But you would see a higher emphasis on uh, the regular season still. So that's my final thoughts on that. And that'll conclude episode 15 of the MFFL podcast. You can follow Mitch and I on Twitter at Mitch's is at Mitch8Soccer. Mine is at Lippold underscore 27. You can follow our Twitter at MFFLP. And we get all our blogs at www.mfflpodcast.com. Like I said earlier, we're going to be trying to do a few shows a month. So we're going to be trying to be good at this again. So thank you for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next time. We've got a few weeks. We need to make sure. Well, I'm going to be gone in two weeks, of course. Yeah, yeah. We'll figure it out. All right, guys. We'll try to figure it out. All right. Thank you, guys.